right? Like, I think that's always a question that we get is like, when should I start thinking about estate planning? Is it when I'm worth half a million? At the end of the day, what we continue to see is that estate planning isn't just about money. It's not necessarily how much in assets do you have, right? Like families are like understanding that it's much more than that, much, much deeper than that. Welcome to Bulls, Bears, and Bourbon, the investing show with a buzz. Sit back, relax, let's take the edge off, grab a nice glass of bourbon, and enjoy. Cheers from your host, James Vermillion. But first, let me kindly remind you, the information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Bulls, Bears, and Bourbon. I'm James Vermillion, founder of Vermillion Private Wealth. Today's episode is about a topic that is often considered boring and inaccessible, but I'm hoping we can change the narrative a little bit today. My guest is Andreas Mazabel of Trust and Will, the company that is tackling estate planning and trying to make the process of setting up a will, trust, or nomination of guardianship as simple and straightforward as possible. Estate planning is one of the most dreaded parts of the financial planning process but it's so important to have a plan in place to determine how your affairs will be handled. And estate planning is for everyone. It's not just for the super wealthy who should think about their families and their legacies. So without further ado, here's Andreas. Andreas, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely, man. Thanks so much for having me. Well, look, this is a discussion I've wanted to have for a while. We're going to be talking estate planning. And as you just mentioned, whiskey and estate planning, what, what could be better? On a Friday, right? On a Friday, no less. Absolutely. So I I wanted to have this conversation mainly because of my own personal experiences and how that led me to think more about my clients. It's not an easy topic to discuss a lot of times with other people. And it's not an easy topic to think about sometimes with, you know, by yourself or, or to have a discussion with your significant other or your family or whatever. So it's something I've thought more and more about since my daughter was born about a year and a half ago. And just to give some background on how this chat came to be, um, I was looking for a solution as I started to build out my practice and serve my clients to help them go through the estate planning process more easily. Um, yeah. It's it's one of those you know one of those things that there just wasn't always an easy way to do it. You had to go speak with an attorney go to a stuffy office most of the time and have conversations you didn't particularly want to have or weren't prepared to have. Um, so I talked to some advisors in a circle that, you know, we share ideas and things and someone mentioned trust and will. So I, I liked what I saw from, from you guys and decided, Hey, I'm going to go through the process myself because I was uh, doing what I was advising my clients not to do. And I was delaying um, getting my estate plan updated. So I went through the process and found it wonderfully uh, smooth and easy so I've been working with my clients and utilizing you guys as a tool to facilitate that. So appreciate what you guys are doing for the estate planning process and wanted to reach out and invite you to come on and um, talk about estate planning with me and especially kind of geared towards towards younger clients, younger people. Absolutely. So 
Super excited to be here. And, and James, let me tell you, this is something that I, I personally faced when I was in the industry. I used to work at JP Morgan. I was in the industry for about 13 years. And, and this is something that I saw year after year is, is families that lacked estate planning. And I saw the impact because I was the one on the back end setting up estate accounts and those assets not being able to be accessed and the pain, the frustration that it creates for family members. So really, really excited to have this conversation, hopefully provide a little bit more education and, and really help tell us the stories of, of the impact and importance of, of having a plan in place. Awesome. Well, we've got a lot to talk about, but before we do, I think we should liquor up a little bit. And uh, we've got a, a, a drink here that I'm excited to have you taste and, t- and taste myself. Um, it's a Willet uh, family estate, single barrel, six-year-old rye. So love it. we did the four-year-old several uh, months ago on another episode, and it was fantastic, um, delicious rye. And I'm really excited to see what those additional two years in the barrel did and excited to get your thoughts um, and I understand you're not a huge whiskey guy. So I think sometimes that's even more fun to get somebody who I love drinks it. Other Absolutely, things, man. get their perspective. Yeah. So let's Definitely. give it a, a smell and taste and see what we think. That sounds great, man. Initial thoughts, anything popping out at you? It's funny, man, from like the first taste to actually like it going down, I feel like it changed taste for me a little bit. But very, very smooth overall. Very smooth. I get a lot. It's very spicy, which I like. I agree. It's, it's easy to drink, but very peppery. I get a lot of nutmeg and almost almost some cinnamon. And you, have you ever had like, I don't know if you put cinnamon in your coffee or if you eat something with cinnamon, you kind of get that dry, like kind of tickle in the back of your throat. That's what I was kind of going for. Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, good, good little kick at the very end. I love it. It's actually really, really good. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, you know, the four year was good as most people would expect. Not always. Sometimes extra time in the barrel doesn't do too much or sometimes can actually, um, you know, hurt the taste profile a little bit. But those two, two years, I think from what I can remember, again, it's been a little while, but um, this is fantastic. You can tell so, the difference. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Oh, this is, this well, is cool. great. Well, let's, let's uh, keep sipping as we go here and um, get get started down the, the estate planning path a little bit. And I want to start really high level, Andreas, because, you know, I think that just the term estate planning itself can be a little bit intimidating to people. They think, oh, that's something for rich people with massive estates. Like, I think that's what comes to mind for a lot of people. So I want to get your thoughts and just kind of take the 30,000 foot view and really break down what is an estate plan and who is an estate plan for? Yeah. From the most basic terms, an estate plan is really planning for what is to happen to your assets and your loved ones if something happens to you. So, and, and, and I, I really appreciate the fact that you bring up that most people, when I think of estate planning, it can be very confusing. And throughout this conversation today, James, I'm going to reference a lot of a study that we just published in which we actually... Uh, surveyed about 23,000 millennials and just came out earlier this week. And what I want to start off with is, is, is one, one of the main things that we saw in this study is what people feel prior to creating an estate plan. And I'm quoting here, anxious, confused, overwhelmed, 
lack of education in estate planning is is one of the biggest barriers why people just put it off. They think of that, oh, like it's going to cost me thousand dollars. I don't know exactly what it is. And again, it's really just making sure that you have all your plans in place if something happens to you. And what I want to highlight, especially for younger people, is if something happens to you, most of the time, if you have a child, that's really the big triggering point. And you're thinking about creating an estate plan. So it's not estate planning is, is probably one of the most selfless actions you can make in making sure if something happens to you, your child's under the age of 18, who would be their guardian? Right. If something happens to you, your spouse together, something like that, right? Obviously, right. things we hope that we avoid, but you know, life is life is crazy and it happens. And then two, also, you know, if if for example, you have assets in you know uh, your house, typically one of your biggest assets that people are purchasing, your bank accounts, your investment accounts. If something happens to you outside of beneficiaries, you want to make that decision on who gets access to those assets. How do you want those assets to be passed on? If you have younger kids, do you want all those assets to be distributed to them at one point? Or do you want to have very specific and a very specific outline on how those assets are actually distributed to them? So it's really at the end of the day, it's it's everything that we work towards, you know, retirement, uh, buying that vacation home, but it's the planning after that. And then also, too, what I would add is estate planning. A lot of people relate estate planning to death, which is very spot on, but also incapacitation. If we were to look back and, and look at the pandemic, for example, that's one of the biggest learnings is, is you never really know what, what could happen to us. So estate planning is much more about death. It's also if you're in a car accident, if you become sick, whatever the case might be, is making sure that you are setting yourself up and most importantly, your loved ones so that they can, they can make decisions on your behalf. So right. your power of returning, we can dive into a little bit more of the logistics of behind the estate plan, but at the end of the day, from a very high level of view, that's really what it's all about, which in return, it's all about peace of mind and making sure that people understand what are your wishes and how do you want your wishes uh, ran out? Well, thank you for that was a great explanation. I think, it, you know, I think it kind of gives the idea of what might put someone in the the right frame of mind to start thinking about these things. And you mentioned, and I know everyone has pandemic fatigue at this point. I hate even bringing it up. But in December of, of last year of 21, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal um, and it was titled, I've got it here, uh, Millennials feeling their mortality during COVID-19, start writing their wills. And that may be one of the few good things that have come out of this um, uh, pandemic is that it did, I think, get people to start thinking a little bit more about their own lives and about the potential end of their lives and about their mortality, things we, we typically don't like to think a whole heck of a lot about. So, I am happy to see more young people thinking about these things because Absolutely. if something happens to you, it's hard enough for your loved ones, your friends, your family, and those people around you as it is. Having to go through the process afterwards, if it's a mess and your wishes aren't clearly defined, it can just create a lot more stress, a lot more anxiety, um, 
and, and make things so much harder for an already difficult time. So these are some of the reasons why this process is important and it's important to think about. And I am glad to see so many more millennials um, and younger people in general kind of waking up to the fact that these are things they should be planning for just in case something does happen. Yeah. And I think, I think one, one big thing to highlight is most, most young people, younger people have reference estate planning of I'll get to that later in life. I'm not ready for it. And I feel like the, you know, we've been able to better educate folks and families on the importance of starting now, right? Like, I think that's always a question that we get is like, when should I start thinking about estate planning? Is it when I'm worth half a million? Or a hundred thousand, or what does that look like? And at the end of the day, I don't really think, and we can dive more into the survey, James. But at the end of the day, what we continue to see is that estate planning isn't just about money. It's not necessarily how much in assets do you have, right? Like families are like understanding that it's much more than that, much much deeper than that. Absolutely, and and Andreas, I think that's the same way to look at financial planning more broadly is. You know, there's no bad time to start doing the financial planning process or the investing process. Um, And I think that's kind of a misconception is people think like, oh, only really wealthy people have an estate plan or only really wealthy people have a financial plan. But, you know, ultimately, these things are for everybody. And technology, for one, has helped make these things more accessible and more more approachable, really. Um, and, And we'll get into that with kind of your all's process and how that works down down the line a little bit. I do want to talk about um, the survey. I was a data point in your survey for sure. Oh, I love it. Very um, nice. So so um, I, I can uh, pre- provide some some personal um, information there and, and, and thoughts on that. But I want to talk about catalysts and some reasons why you all saw millennials, um, if, you know, finally starting to to come around and, and put um, estate plans in place. I mentioned before, for me, it was uh, my daughter being born. And and look, look, I should have had one before that. There's no question. There there were plenty of things that needed to be addressed even before my daughter was born. And I did have a will uh, that hadn't been updated since I was still, you know, I was still in the Air Force last time I updated that. So it was, it was way overdue. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also important to note, this isn't a one-time thing. You know, you, you make your plan when things change that that would impact um, what the estate plan is. You can update the estate plan, but but we'll we'll get into that further. What other catalysts? What other things do you think have been motivating millennials to to put a, a little bit more emphasis on yeah. creating estate plans? Totally. I mean, as you highlighted, look thirty thirty three percent of millennials outlined in the survey created the estate plan after a child was born. So obviously, this is something that you you can definitely relate with. The number two, which is very interesting, was the death of a loved one. Mm. And millennials are now in a very unique spot, what we kind of call the sandwich generation, in which they are parents to young kids and now also you know taking care of their parents as well in some cases. So I think being able to actually see the impact of a loved one passing. And if they don't have an estate plan, a lot of a lot of millennials are now executors for an estate. And they've seen that if you don't have, if, if the parent, if their parents didn't have the existing documents that were outlined and updated, they saw that headache and they saw the, you know, maybe they went through probate 
So that was a very interesting point for us to see is that once you actually see the impact of not having an estate plan, you're like, I'm getting it done. Yeah, obviously, I was I was just going to say, and probably seeing the impact of having one for those people who who it made things a lot easier. They probably saw how important that was during that time. So it's it probably worked. Uh, whether you had one in place or whether your your loved one had one in place or not, it probably still served as an important reminder to to, to people. Yeah, and 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 for a lot of these, it may not have been actual death, but if a parent was in a retirement home and they got really sick and the child needed to come in and help pay bills. So they had the power of attorney or they needed to get information, medical information. So being able to have the HIP authorization, there's just a lot that we don't truly understand until we're in that situation that we understand how many various different kind of blockers there are. If you don't have these plans in place. Um, And then, and then I would also say is, is, you know, and this is honestly really kudos to you is 6%. 6.12% thought about estate planning due to a financial planner who helped educate them on the on the fact of how important it is and this is something that we continue to see you know when we when we look at a financial planner that is truly looking at the holistic long-term view of a family college planning retirement planning and estate planning is such a big part of it so that's one that when i was looking at the report i was very very happy to see you know a big percentage for millennials that create an estate plan due to a financial planner. And then obviously in, in millennials, you're going to have, you know, you're starting a new career. Maybe you're starting a new business. Change of income was also a big mm-hmm. one. And then obviously number three was, was buying a home. This is one that yeah. we talk about all the time is like, that is your biggest asset typically for, for many, many young families. So it's like, great. Absolutely. You've, you've saved a ton of money. You bought this place. How do you make sure you have everything in place that if something happens to you, that asset is protected as well? Yeah. Th- and those are all, I mean, th- that's the thing about this. There's no right or wrong reason. Those are all valid reasons, very good reasons. Um, or just thinking about your own your own future and your, your family's future with no real catalyst um, it, it is perfectly uh, reasonable to, to do. Um, I was struck, I will say, by, by some of the thinking um, that occurred after I read through your all's report, which was really fascinating to see those numbers. Like, no, nothing that really shocked me, um, but just seeing it all laid out in a pretty condensed format was, was fairly eye-opening. Um, but I was thinking about, you know, the change in income or net worth. And I was thinking about what you were talking about, the sandwich generation. There's about $30 trillion dollars that are going to change hands um, in, in, great wealth in the next. Exactly. It's coming and it's not going to be like, you know, people keep saying it's, they keep saying it's coming. It's not going to be like a day. Um, you know, it's going to be over a period of a decade right. or, or whatever, but it's a massive amount of wealth that's going to transfer um, to millennials. And I think that's going to drive, continue to drive people to, to think about um, estate planning because not only are they going to have, more assets that they inherit from their, their family members. Um, but they're also, as you mentioned before, going to go through that process and, and hopefully for most people it's smooth. Um, and their family members had plans in place that allowed them to, to go through the process and have a good understanding of, of what those wishes were and how those assets were to be distributed. And, you know, um, 
things like that. But, but um, either way, I think that's going to be a big, a big catalyst in the coming years um, to get people to, to say, Hey, we, we really need to uh, stop putting this off. We need to stop saying we'll take care of it next year and oh. let's go ahead and knock this out. And, and I think, you know, props to you guys at trust and will for making that a lot easier, because I think that was a big friction point for people is they didn't want to spend the time, uh, multiple trips to an attorney and they didn't want to spend a bunch of money. And you guys have really, um, taken away some of that, that pain, um, that would go into this process. And again, we'll get into that later, but, um, I've got some more questions about the report that I think will be insightful to, to a lot of folks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I kind of want to talk and we've touched on, on some of them and some of them are more obvious and maybe others, not so much, but what other things besides distributing assets and he- and uh, making healthcare decisions and things like that, um, would, would people find in an estate plan or be able to put in their own, um, plan for, for when, when they inevitably pass away? Yeah. So one thing that comes to mind is uh, digital accounts. I think this is, this is really important. I think the more and more we move to a, a digital online world, being able to have everything in one place when it comes to your social media accounts, many, you know, millennials are, you know, in the crypto space. So being able to, for, for folks and loved ones to know where are your assets, digitally, crypto, all that. Mm-hmm. Also, this was fascinating and I can definitely relate to this because I have two dogs myself, but pet guardians, things you don't really think about. But like if something happens to you, who takes care of your pets, right? right. Like, like how, do you, how do you make sure that you have that written in place? And, you know, there's plenty of people out there that they know that they don't want to be parents. So making sure that, you know, if, if you just have dogs and that's, that's kind of your, your plan is making sure that your pets are also protected. Um, also, you know, making very, very important decisions. And I want to just highlight really quick on the healthcare ones, but, you know, being able to say, cause this is something that we, we, we hear a lot of stories around and it's, if you're in the hospital and you can't make a decision, you have clearly outlined in your decisions, what type of care you want to receive. And this really helps take away a super hard decision on a loved one. Where maybe one loved one says, let's, you know, keep receiving care. And someone else says, no, like based on the medical his, like data that we've gotten, we shouldn't, right? So take that decision away from your loved ones and you make that decision. I think that's really important. And then also, how do you want to celebrate your life? You know, there's, there's, I think everyone has various different views on what your celebration should look like. So, you know, what type of songs, you know, what, how do you want to be remembered and how do you want to be celebrated are all things that you're able to choose and put into paper. And obviously, as you noted earlier, you can always update, you can always make changes. Uh, You can include your favorite song, whatever that looks like. So I think the more that we shift also our relationship to death by being able to be more open to it and more of a, really, how do I want to be celebrated? And how do I want people to come around and celebrate my life and, and be able to have a little fun with it in a way is, is also a way that is all part of creating the estate plan uh, through trust and will. This might sound a little bit ridiculous, but it's a hundred percent true. That is the part 
of my will that I spent the most time on. That is too funny. That is too be- funny. Well, and here's the way I look at it, Andreas. Money is money, right? Yeah. The money's yeah. the money's gonna go, you know, to who it's gonna go to, and and that's fine. Um, and those decisions in my case were relatively um simple. Sure. But I had never really put a whole lot of thought into what do I want? How do I want people to remember me? What what type of of ceremony or whatever? And and uh, for me, it was like I don't want any mopey like formal ceremony. I was like, I want a party. I want cocktails <laughs> and, and bourbon I'm for everybody. Some good whiskey. Yeah, I was gonna say exactly good good food. And um, you know, I want I don't I want you know upbeat music. I don't want everyone uh totally. You know, I don't want it to be totally morbid. I want people to think about the funny times and and hopefully there are, there would be plenty to talk about. But um, so that did. I mean, it makes you think about um, how you want to be remembered and how um, how you want to be celebrated. And I think it also, <laughs> believe it or not, and this this was for me at least true. Um, it made me think about how I'm living, you know, and how I'm going to live moving forward. Um, I think. Anytime you think about potential, you know, death and things like that, these kind of deep topics that we try to avoid oftentimes, it makes you think about about life and what you're doing today and things you maybe could do better and things like that. So I think there's a lot to be gained from going through this process outside of just the peace of mind of, you know, your your assets are going to be distributed the way you want and your family's going to be taken care of. I mean, that's that might be the main goal, but I think there are plenty of other residual um, good things that that come as a result. Definitely, definitely. And I mean, I think we talked about this briefly, but I mean, out of the folks surveyed, more than thirty six percent of them had under one hundred twenty five thousand in assets. And again, mm-hmm. I think that what that really shows you it's it's you know it, it is not there's a misconception that, and we talked about this a little earlier, but there's a misconception that. You should be wealthy to talk to a financial planner. You should be wealthy to, to create an estate plan. And it's it's not about that. P- estate right. planning specifically is all around peace of mind, regardless of your assets. And as you talked about, I know we're going to talk about this a little later, but especially with trust and will is being able to make it accessible. I think historically, most wealthy people have always have access to an attorney because I can write you a $5,000 check and that's okay. I can afford it. It makes sense for me. But really being able to make it more accessible, I think, has really shifted the relationship of younger people in estate planning, for sure. Absolutely. That's critical. And I'm just going to, I've got the report here in front of me as well, just to kind of dig into that a little bit and give people a really good idea. 24% almost of respondents' net worth was under 50,000. Another almost 13 and a half were between 50 and 125,000. And then another 35 almost was between 125,000 and 500,000. And that's, again, that's net worth. So that is a whole lot of folks that, that don't have massive, massive amounts of assets. And I think that that was actually eye opening to me. I did not expect, um, those yeah. numbers to be almost with almost you. 70% under half a million in assets. And I was very happy to see that. Yeah. Very happy to see that. Yeah. Um and, absolutely. And again, this is uh data from your all survey. So it's probably gonna lean a little bit lower than if you took a nationwide survey, because as as we've kind of um alluded to, 
trust and will is designed to be accessible to anybody. And, and we can talk a little it's bit a more about that. a good point to highlight. Absolutely. But I, I just don't want to be um, misleading in, in any way. And, th- you know, that's, that's probably much lower than what you would get on a, um, but that's part of the point, I, th- I would imagine, of, of what you all are trying to achieve. Absolutely. Because that's really the, the big missing piece that we saw in the industry, right? Is how can yeah. we create and offer an affordable option for folks that are building their wealth, are starting? Absolutely. Well, let's let's move along a little bit um, and get a, a bit more into the weeds and talk a little bit more about you know some specific options. And, and just to be clear, this is I'm not an estate attorney. Um, I don't believe you are either, Andreas. Um, this is not. I am not. Nor do I want to be. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Neither do I. Um, this is this is not you know any type of legal advice. This is just um, purely for education and and hopefully providing some more information about the process and. And that's how I approach it with my clients. I'm not going to draft up legal documents for my clients, but I am going to hopefully highlight the importance of a plan and maybe help steer them uh, towards some resources that can that can help them. But I do want to talk about some of the the options, um, the two main options that that are out there for people, and that's a trust based estate plan and a will based estate plan. Can you just talk a little bit, very briefly, about the differences um, and similarities between those two um, types of estate plans. Yeah, absolutely, and and great um, disclosure there, James. Definitely not an attorney, not legal advice. This is this is purely just educational. And for for anyone that is looking for a specific recommendation, obviously, you know, seek out to to legal advice, and definitely something that we can we can certainly help with that trust and will. But a will based plan, I think this is the one that most folks are most familiar with from pop culture you can you know know that you can write a will on a napkin whatever the case might be so a will in the most simple and straightforward definition it's what assets do you have and who is going to access those assets and then you the big difference between a will and then a trust is a trust helps avoid probate and for any listeners that are not aware of probate, it's essentially the state-specific process of if you pass and if you don't have an estate plan in place, essentially a judge is deciding who those assets go to. So with the trust, it helps you most of the time fully avoid probate. Right. Some of the big differences in terms of like when people are thinking of like, well, should I start with the will? Should I go with the trust? Our survey found that almost about 70% of, of millennials surveyed in, our, in, in the survey started with the will, which makes sense. A lot of times you start with the will, and then you can actually graduate or upgrade to a trust. Why would someone do that? Many times with the trust, outside of avoiding probate, you have a lot more control over your distributions. So if I have three kids, all of them are under 18, and I'm like... I've built up my assets. I have life insurance. I have a home. Everything that you're, you and your spouse might be working towards in terms of like that financial security. You are then with the trust able to decide, maybe I don't want our kids to receive all, our, all, all their money at 18. Maybe you want to stagger that out a little bit. Maybe 18, 25, 35, whatever the case might be in being able to provide just a little bit more flexibility in how those assets are actually distributed. 
And then also there's some folks that really, really value privacy. Trust is not a public process because it's not going through probate compared to a will-based plan in which you would still be going through probate. It does make it easier for you once you actually have a will in place. But those are really the two kind of big differences between the two. Um, But with both a will and a trust, you're going to have all your healthcare documents, your power of attorney, all that is included in both plans. So I want to just double down on the importance of the healthcare aspect of both the will and trust-based plan as well. Yes, absolutely. And the way I typically explain it, um, just again, kind of from that more strategic view, is if you've got a fairly simple, um, you know, layout as far as you know, you've you, you don't have any complex situations. You don't own multiple businesses. You don't have massive amounts of assets. For for a lot of people, for most people, the will is going to be the the kind of easier, uh, more direct route. Once you start adding in complexities or or a need or a desire for privacy, like you mentioned, then you might lean more towards that that estate based plan. And I do want to point out something I've seen and encountered um, a couple times recently is, you know, you can create an estate plan um, or a, a, a trust, and there are some things that need to happen after that process is completed. And I actually um, was working with a client who had an attorney draft up the trust um, documents for them and had not actually shifted um, the assets into the name of the trust. Funding um, the trust. So, yeah. Yeah. They didn't actually fund the trust. So the trust was set up, but um, that's kind of the first step. So, you know, what, whatever route you go, you know, it's really important to just kind of understand, you know, what it is that you're, you're setting up. And if there are more steps that, that might need to be taken to make sure that your desires are, are, are fully um, put in place and then executed yes. um, when, when needed. And that's as simple as, you know, getting, getting your documents signed, notarized, right. notifying people named in your estate plan that, you know, the, what the role is in the estate plan. That's something that we've been very proactive around in this are my documents. You can actually electronically share them. And then also too, to your point, we, we think internally about estate planning, just like a financial planner thinks about financial planning. It's not a one-time event and I'm done. It's continuing to make updates, changes. Life happens, life changes. We move states, we buy homes, whatever the case might be, is enabling families to be proactive to say, I made a change. I need to log in to trust and will or contact my attorney and make the updates. Because many people, you know, and this is just from personal experience, when I was setting up trust accounts back in the day, I would have people say, I haven't updated this trust in 10 years. The information's wrong. My life has changed. So just a matter of like being very proactive around it. And it's it's simple. It's easier than people think. And yeah. it's just very, very important to get done. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I do want to ask just uh, for entertainment purposes, what are there any other, you mentioned the pet guardianship you mentioned playlists and things like that. Are there any other just kind of interesting or different um, things that people might not expect that that you're seeing pop up over and over again in wills? I was astonished by the number of pet guardianship um, 
that responded on your survey. That was pretty that, funny. That's really the biggest one that when I was reading it, and this is our second annual one, James. So the first one, I think that was really like a very eye-opening is how many folks are actually that aren't parents yet opted into the pet guardianship. But that that's I that and then also charities. This was yeah. also a big one, right? Like, and I, I honestly, I love this. It's it's folks that are hopefully knock on wood years and years and years away from retirement or that stage in life when they're really planning for for death. And and I loved how proactive millennials are around finding charities that they care about and that they're passionate about that they want to give back to. That was really the biggest one. And and again, this just goes back to highlight, especially for the net worth that we're talking about, right? Like most of the most of these folks are five or $10 million that it's like, yes, I want to donate a million dollars here or there. It's even people that are saying, here is this charity and here's how much money I want to leave to them. Even if it's a small percentage, I thought that was, a, that was another really big thing that stood out to me for sure. Great point. Very important. And I've got two points to kind of piggyback off that, that, that um, you, you made me think about. One is for my Kentuckians that are, that are listening, you know, you could put in, for example, who your bourbon collection We'll, we'll go to things like that. It's not just assets as far as cash Most or <laughs> investment accounts. Exactly. It's the yeah. things that are important to you. <laughs> um, so, so that's one thing. And then the other, going back to the pets, I know people who have kids and pets and would probably be more motivated to assign guardianship for their pets first before they would think about their kids. We so, won't tell their kids, but, but I, I, exactly. I agree. <laughs> Millennials, we we love our pets. That so. is right. That is right. So, well, let's let's shift a little bit. Um, I'd like to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about trust and will. Um, as I mentioned, I've been uh, since going through the process myself. Um, it's something I've kind of incorporated into my practice um, to help my clients um, establish their own, uh, you know, estate plans. Um, so, feel free to to plug plug trust and will and talk a little bit about who you guys are, what you do, and, and what differentiates you from, from what else is out there and available to people. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for that, James. So I would say in, in the most simpler description, think of the TurboTax for estate planning. We have created a platform. It was started about four years ago. We have created a platform that essentially enables someone to come to our website and go through a full process of creating state-specific plans. So we are live in all 50 states. And in essence, what we've done is, is created a flow that enables someone to, one, understand their options. And we talked about this. What's a trust? What's a will? And, and I think what's so, something that's really helped us stand apart from, from others in the industry, James, is the live member support. What we continue to see in the industry, not specifically around estate planning, but even financial planning, in other and other verticals is how young millennials want something that's tech enabled but they still want that human approach to it we yeah. still as human beings like that's one of our main things that we crave is connection with people right so being able to go through the process but say i'm stuck i don't know what this means or how i should answer this is being able to call someone is being able to chat with our member support. So we have a full team and all they do is seven days a week, we extended it to seven days a week now, is being able to get your questions answered. 
So we don't expect you, if you've never done estate planning before, to understand it all. It can be complicated. Let us help educate you on the importance of it. So we offer the trust-based plan, as we talked about, the will-based plan. And really, one of our main big, big visions is to make estate planning accessible to everyone. So we start a will-based plan at 159 with our trust going up to 699 depending on if you're single, married. And again, it's enabling families to not just create your estate plan, but also be proactively updating it. So we have a very unique model in that if you have a change, you need to make an update, you can log back in and make an update uh, whenever you need to. Yeah. And just again, having gone through the process and I don't typically like plug <laughs> products on this podcast or anything, but I, I will say, I do think the, the way you guys have created a system where you can start, you can stop, you can resume, you know, be, um, you can pick it up anytime. You can spend five minutes on it. You can spend five hours on it and stop and and have conversations in between and dig up documents. It really just makes that process so much, so much easier. So what my wife and I did, we, we um, sat down together, picked up some coffee one day um, while our um, daughter was at the grandparents and, and we sat down for several hours and, and we, we talked through, you know, the various uh, questions that were asked. And for the most part, you know, we, there was, there was, there were pretty, pretty simple answers. Every once in a while, we would be faced with a question. We weren't quite sure, you know, how to answer. So that's we kind of flagged sure. that to, to come back to. Um, and, and that's what I really enjoyed about the process. There was no pressure to like, oh my gosh, like we're sitting in someone's office. We got to think of an answer right now. Um, and, and that was really nice. And, you know, I think we did it over two sessions, which gave us a little time to think a little bit more about some of the important parts that we didn't have easily to, you know, answered, uh, you know, kind of already, already, um, in mind. Sure. So, so so that was great. So, you know, I, I just, I really appreciate the fact that it's simple. And as you mentioned, it's, it's not expensive and it can really provide peace of mind, um, for people to, to know that what they want is, is in writing. It's, um, you know, following the guidelines and, and, and rules and laws around different states um, and that they can change it um, pretty easily anytime they want. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd be curious, James. So I, I, thanks for sharing your story of, of when you and your wife went through and created it. Yeah. On, on the back end, what has been some of the experiences when you help a client educate them on the importance of setting up an estate plan? They go through, they get it done either through us or through an attorney and next time you meet with them, they're like, James, like we got it done. Like what is some of the feedback that you've gotten personally as an advisor? Well, I think, I think there have been several, um, several things that I'll, that I'll touch on and I'll kind of give a more, I'm going to, I'm going to be a politician here and ignore your question and, and answer my own question. And then I'll come back to, I'll come back <laughs> to you. I'll, I'll kind of start with the whole process. So what I started doing was just including more information, uh, um, on estate planning to my clients on just regular touches. So when I send it, send a newsletter out, I would send a piece about why it's important. Even if you're young, even if you're healthy, even if you don't have a ton of assets, why an estate plan might be helpful. So I was just kind of putting some information out there. Then when we chat, when we do an annual review and we're in person or if we're at an event um, or whatever the case was, I give them a call. Um, It's something I ask about, Hey, you know, did you, did you see that about the estate estate plan? Have you thought about it? 
Um, do you have one already? If yeah, you know, most of the time I would already know that, but if I didn't, I, I would ask. Um, and so it just kind of got the conversation started. And as I've experienced um, throughout my my time in in this business, some people have to warm up to to a, an idea for a little bit. Okay. You know, they're not immediately going to see something and say, "I'm going to go do that today, James." Like, thank you for that. Um, so I, I continue to kind of uh, put that out there. And at first, I was like, "Man, not as many people are are taking this as seriously as I would would have hoped." Um, but fast forward three, four, five months, and I'm starting to see that that the the interest is there, and people are actually following through with the process. And I will tell you the results of that. And this is what makes me feel great as a financial advisor: is people are relieved, they feel better to have to have gone through it. There's a sense of pride, like when they tell me, like, "Hey, we did it, we got that got done." It done. Like, yeah, that that we, that feels good. We feel good about it. You know, we answered some questions we hadn't put a lot of thought into that we probably should have, or maybe we had some difficult discussions. But afterward, you know, we really felt just a lot better and a lot more. Um, you know, content and that things were, were handled and peace just very mind. satisfied peace of mind, definitely. And so that's, that really makes me feel good. And, um, and that's part of my job is to get people thinking about, about their future and to get them to, to actually take action. So seeing that action happening right now has been really, um, you know, something that I'm proud of and, and I'm excited for my clients because seeing yeah. them get excited about something like estate planning that we we might normally try to avoid is 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 really a good thing. It's a big deal. It's a, it's a huge deal, and I think this is something that most people, when you talk about, they're never going to tell you, "I'm not setting up an estate plan. I don't need one." Most people are curious, but they're also like, mm-hmm. "Okay, this sounds deep, right?" But then, yeah. all, like, and that's that's why I asked the question is because like what we continue to hear is that one a cl- once a client actually gets it done and it was a recommendation from a financial planner to really look into and provide the resources, it really helps deepen also, I think, the relationship. And, and from, from a client perspective, it's understanding that your planner is not just looking after your investments, but like your your full holistic picture, right? And then as consumers, there's been plenty of studies on this, but one of the top five reasons why consumers hire an advisor or planner one of them is accountability. So we want to also as a consumers kind of like, okay, I know this isn't boring, like help me get it done. So it's, it's great to hear that you're, you're starting to see some of that feedback as well. Well, I've got um, a couple clients who are gym owners and I often make the comparison of, of working out to, you know, financial planning, because I think there are a lot of similarities and it's the same thing. Like most people know how to get in shape, right? I mean, we all know what we should and shouldn't eat and we should work out X amount of times and for how long, but people still join gyms or get personal trainers because they want that accountability. It's the yes. same thing with the financial planner. Like most people know they need to be saving X amount and they need to be investing X amount. It's not that they are ignorant to those facts. It's that they want someone to hold them accountable. They, they want that connection you talked about earlier um, to be able to to provide some insight and to really push them along and say, hey, how's that estate plan coming? Where are you on that? Hey, you know, we talked about upping your 401k contribution um, two weeks ago. Did did you go? Did you move forward with that? You know, we want to make sure we we don't hold off on that. Yeah, it's, it's a good time to do it now. So so exactly, I think the accountability piece of it is 
is really can't be understated. It's, yeah. it's really important. And I'd be curious, James, since you started your practice, what would you say is the biggest uncertainty, financial uncertainty that people that you've been helping have when they start working with you? That's a great question, Andreas. Um, you know, I started my, my practice. I've been in the business uh, for, for about four years now, but I started my practice really at the very end of 2020. So right in the height of COVID, oh. mm-hmm. um, recently, uh, unfortunately, and sadly, you know, we're, we're seeing some geopolitical um, I- issues cropping up with what's happening um, in the Ukraine. And so very sad to see. It, it's very sad to see. And it's difficult as a financial advisor to talk about money during times like that, because it, it seems less important than the the human element. But at the same time, you know, people really worry. Uh, they worried, um, especially during the, the heat of COVID when people were unsure of how long things were going to be shut down and how long we were going to be locked up and how many people were going to be impacted. And then with the issues happening today in the Ukraine, you know, people are worried. They don't know if this is going to turn into a full, full, you know, conflict and and what that might look like. So what I try to do, and and I'm a person just like everybody else, um, is just provide some some support and let people know, like I'm I'm seeing this as well. It's not that I'm not concerned about it or, or scared or fearful or anything like that. But here's the history. You know, here's why it's important that we stick with the plan. These are the reasons, in fact, that we plan um, is for uncertain times. And, and just hopefully provide some perspective, some support, and, and try to be there um, when people are, are fearful and nervous and anxious and all of those things. So I can't point to really any one thing, but I sure, will say sure. it, it was like, certainly an interesting time to go out and start my own firm. And I think when I look back on this 10, 15, 20 years from now, it will be have been a pivotal experience for me to have gone through this at such an early stage. And I think we'll hopefully be um, a building block of uh, setting the foundation of my firm and how yeah. I treat my clients. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I love that. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah. I mean, what, what a time to, to start your practice. And I think that's, you know, obviously that's an extreme example, like what, what actually happened, but it just shows you life. We, a lot of times don't have control of a lot of things that happen in our life and being able to have that yeah. sounding board, that person that helps educate you. So I appreciate it. I, I, I'm obviously super passionate about, this I've been working with advisors, gosh, 15 years since I was in the industry. And and I truly, truly believe that the more that we make financial planning, estate planning accessible, more affordable to people, it has a huge, huge impact on your long long term, you know, whatever your goals are, whatever that looks like for you in your life. So I, I appreciate you sharing. I think this is a good transition point to to kind of ease into the closing questions that that I like to ask every guest. And the first one, we've talked a lot about assets and money and, and transitioning wealth when you pass away and things like that. But let's talk about living a little bit. Um, I love it. Because, I love it. You know, that's what it's all about. What does wealth mean to you? Great question. When you sent me that email, I really started to, to think deeper about it. I think wealth to me means being able to really have my priorities in my life, understanding what those are. And what always comes to mind is time. I think time for me is 
the biggest asset, the biggest wealth that I have in my life. And being able to, for example, travel, to go hiking, to take time off, to, for example, like this is something I've been actually thinking a lot about is when my parents retire, we immigrated from Colombia 22 years ago. And my parents completely, I mean, your typical like immigrants story of like starting over and going from a lawyer to babysitting and like all that, like mm. I've been able to see that, you know, my parents, like when they retire, they're not going to be very well off. So wealth to me means like being able to provide support them to give back. But really at the end of the day is spend my time doing things that I want to do and that are important to me and that fulfilled me as a human being. Lovely. I love it. And the second kind of closing question, Andreas, is what, if you could go back and maybe talk to uh, college age or, or just a younger version of yourself, what, what piece of advice on, on business or life or, or money or you, you choose would you give yourself? I spent 13 years in banking and I learned a lot. It was a great career, had time off, like really good balance, but I didn't take enough risk in my young, mm-hmm. early to mid twenties. And when I look back now, I've been at Trust and Will now for just two years. What I've learned in two years and helping, you know, really build and scale this company, I don't think I could have, if I stayed there 20 years at JP Morgan, I would have mm-hmm. never learned what I've learned. So don't get too comfortable, take risks without knowing what the outcome is going to be. Obviously be calculated with them, but at the end of the day is, I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is that we, a lot of times, the deeper we go into fear, the more potential that we find within ourselves. And the more comfortable we stay, the like for me, personally speaking, that's where I started to see a lack of fulfillment in my life per- professionally. So that would be my one piece is dive deeper into your fears. Don't get too comfortable and keep learning. Most of us are capable of doing much more than we think about. It's just a matter of us doing it and taking small risks. That was great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. That was wonderful. Well, do you have any closing thoughts, anything you maybe missed that you would like to circle back on or, or anything else? Not necessarily. I would, I would, I would tell folks this, if this is a conversation that you've had by yourself with a planner, with your spouse, get it done when it comes to your estate plan. Um, and then two, thank you so much for this. This was amazing. And, and really when you and I first connected, I do commend you for being such a advocate for being holistic and really looking after not just investments, but everything else. And this is, this is very, very deep stuff that, you know, you're helping your clients with when it comes to estate planning. So um, grateful for the time, man. And, and uh, I really, really enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely. As did I. And where can people learn a little bit more about Trust and Will if they're interested? Super simple. Trustandwill.com. Can't be any easier than that. <laughs> exactly. So. All right, Andreas. Well, thanks for sipping on some whiskey with me. And uh, thanks for sharing your thoughts um, and your expertise on estate planning. And hopefully somebody listening will uh, be motivated by this chat to to go ahead and, and take action and get that knocked out. And, and I thanks promise if you me. do, you'll feel better afterwards. So <laughs> thanks, Andreas. I love it, man. We'll talk to you soon.
Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Bulls, Bears, and Bourbon. I hope you learned something about estate planning or perhaps were motivated to create or review your own plan. As always, I hope if you enjoyed the show, you'll share it with your friends, family, or anyone you think might find it interesting or useful. There are more wonderful guests on the horizon, so make sure you follow the show to be notified when new episodes drop. Until the next time, cheers. Cheers.